Welcome to another faith-building message from Samuel Pada, pastor of the King's Temple in Hyderabad, India. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. We're looking at the aspect of elevation because we believe this is the word that the Lord has given us for this year. And last week, when we, or last time, when I was speaking on this, I began to share and lay a foundation. We said elevate means to raise, to exalt, to raise to a higher state, to raise from a low or a common state to a higher place. And we began to read from Psalm 113. I want you to go there, please. I want you to see that God is the author of elevation. And verse 7, he says, He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the needy out of the dunghill. Praise God. He raiseth, somebody say, He raiseth up. Come on, say it louder. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and he lifted the needy out of the dunghill to do what? That he may set him with the princes, even the princes of his people. Praise God. Isn't that elevation? I said, isn't that elevation? All right, praise God. He said, he maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of the children. Praise ye the Lord. God can make the lowly to be celebrated, we said, and the barren to rejoice. It is the Lord our God who elevates, promotes, increases, and multiplies. Somebody say, I agree. I agree. Amen. Well, we looked, began to look at Abraham and the call of God that was upon Abraham and what God said to Abraham. He said, Abraham, if you leave everything behind, your family, your father's house, your community, and come follow me, this is how I will bless you, I will multiply you, and I will make you a name. Glory to God. That means I will elevate you. Remember, he was bringing Abram out of obscurity into prominence. Today you may be obscure, but God can raise you to the place of prominence. This is the ear for elevation. Nobody may know you right now, but with God, you will be known all around. Amen. So you better understand how we need to walk with God and what we need to do so we can experience this elevation that God has promised us. Amen. Amen. Well, the promises that God made to Abraham belong to us. I showed you from Galatians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 and verse 29 that if you are Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. Amen. An heir has a legal right to that which his father has accrued without having to work for it. Amen. So you don't have to work for what Abraham has already worked. All you need to know is how do I lay claim and possess what Abraham has accrued on my behalf. Say amen. So if you're born again, it puts you in the class that has a legal right to every promise that God made to Abraham. When we began to look at Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 and 2, and the part of the scripture that we, put, we, we picked was, The Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Glory to God. Would you call that exaltation or elevation? Would you call that? I said, would you call that elevation? You're still slow on me. I said, would you call that elevation? Praise God. That's much better. It helps me a lot. All right. So we said, God said, I will, uh, it, the Lord thy God will set thee on high 
above all the nations of the earth. And then he goes to enumerate and enlist all the different things that he will do for his people from verse 33 to verse 13. But we look particularly at verse 13, which said, The Lord will make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. Glory to God. Thou shalt be a lender and not a borrower. So can you see the heart of God, the desire of God, and the will of God for towards his people? That's what I want you to observe. This is where God wants you and I to be. Not in a place where we are borrowing, but in a place where we are lending. Not in a place where we are beneath, but we are above. Where we are the head and not the tail. Right now, you may not have that position. You may not be enjoying it, but that is not where God wants you to park and stay for the rest of your life. God has a plan for you, and God wants to elevate you and to bring you to the place where the nations of the world will recognize you. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Now, it is not just your human effort. It is not just your intellect. It is the grace of God, the ability and the empowerment and the intelligence that God provides that will cause you to get to that place of elevation. Say amen. So no matter what field you are in, whether you're in sales, whether you are in, in, um, in um, the medical field, or you are in the educational field, or you're in the ministry, or you're in the financial realm, it doesn't matter where you are, you're in schools, your colleges, or whatever you are, and wherever you are, remember God wants you to be the head and not the tail. God wants you to be above and not beneath. God wants you to be a lender, not a borrower. Say amen, somebody. But this is what he says, if you will hearken, amen. So we said, remember, why is it that although God has so many wonderful promises in his word, that most Christians are not able to enjoy them? Because first and foremost, and basically what we have to understand is that we are in covenant relationship with God. And in the covenant, basically, you've got to remember these two things. In a covenant, you have a responsibility. Amen. You have to realize that you have responsibilities and you have rights. These are two aspects that I want you to remember. I have rights and I have responsibilities. So, and remember this, you cannot claim your rights without obliging to fulfill the responsibilities. So if you want to claim the rights, if you want to claim the promises, if you want to enjoy what God has promised, you better do your part, comply and fulfill what is required of you. If you understood that, say amen. So what is it that he's saying in these verses in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 and 2? He said, number one, if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. So every child of God that desires to experience elevation in their life and see the fulfillment of the promises that we've just read, then number one, you've got to cultivate an ear that can hear the voice of God. Amen. Those that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Every born again child of God must endeavor to be spirit led and not just led by something else. Not by the flesh. Not just by your education. 
but you must be led by the Spirit. They that are of the Lord will be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Romans chapter 8, please. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? Everybody, they are the what? That means if I am a son of God, I should be somebody that is led by the Spirit of God. Now, you have to remember that this does not happen automatically because there is enmity between the flesh and the spirit. And the flesh is always trying to dominate and take over. So unless you work on, on taking authority over your flesh and yielding yourself to the spirit of God and submitting your spirit and cultivating the ear to hear, you cannot be led by the spirit of God. So what is the first requirement? I need to be able, I need to be led by the Spirit of God, which means I need to hear the voice of God. So no matter what decision you have to make in life, whether it's small, whether it's large, and uh, whatever be the impact of it, some are very, some have, uh, some have such great impact that it will destroy or even organize your destiny. Some will build your destiny. Some will destroy your destiny. Whatever these decisions are, they are all decisions made because you have heard from God. Amen? See, when you walk in obedience to His voice, God becomes obligated to keep what He has promised. But when you walk in rebellion, or when you walk in disobedience, or when you walk based on your decisions and say, Lord, bless me, he is not obligated to do it. And he may not bless because he is not involved in that decision. Somebody say amen. amen. Many times, this is the biggest mistake that Christians make. They make up their mind as to what they will do. They make up their mind as to where they want to go. They make up their mind as to who they will marry. They make up their mind as to what they want to and do be involved in. And then come before the Lord and say, God, bless me. They go and ask pastors to pray. They ask prophets to pray. They are seeking the blessing of God. But they have never taken the precaution of checking whether that is really what God wants for them or not. And just because you're a Christian and just because you come to church and just because you listen to the word preach and, you know, miracles happen in your church, he is not obligated to bless you. You got to find out what the will of God is. God said to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. He made up his mind, I'm going to Tarshish. How many understand what I'm saying? God said, okay. Well, he was on the boat and a storm arose. God was not obligated to keep that, to put down that storm or to calm the seas. 
God was not obligated to protect him. Somebody say amen. amen. And remember he was a prophet. But he did not comply with the demands of God and his word. Church, I want you to know this morning, living the Christian life is not living the religious life. It is not just doing, okay, I will pray, I will read the Bible, I will go to church, but I will make up my own mind to do what I want, I want to do. And then God will bless me. No, it does not happen. God is not obligated to bless you because you come to church. God is not obligated to bless you because you pray. God is obligated to bless you, to keep his word and fulfill his promises when you obey him. Your religious obligations, your religious activities do not oblige God to fulfill his promises. Because religion is not what he's looking for. He's looking for a relationship where his people are moving in obedience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You now begin to question yourself. What, what, what? I've not sinned. I don't go to the bar. I don't dance. I don't go to discos. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not cheating. I'm not, you know, I'm being very honest. Okay. But are you walking and living in obedience to his desire for your life? What is his plan for your life? He said, Jeremiah... I knew you before you formed in your mother's womb and I sanctified you. That means what? I set you apart to be a prophet to the nation. Remember, child of God, before you were even thought by your mom and dad, before you even were in their thoughts, God had already planned your destiny. Your destiny was already established. And if you want to maximize your destiny and enjoy the blessing of God upon your life, then it is you, your, it, it, it is your responsibility to know what God wants of your life. God always has the best for you. At that moment, you may feel like, no, I like to do this. I cannot see a future in anything else. This is the only one I can marry. And how many have ruined their life because they did that? How many are in pain today? How many have broken up because of that? Determined decision that they've made based just on the flesh and not checking with God. How many are how many uh, how many people are are in, in uh, literally broken and in pain because they were so stubborn? They were so stubborn, and they said, "Because I'm doing the right thing. I'm I'm not cheating anybody. I'm marrying. I'm not trying to deceive somebody's life. I'm marrying. I'm marrying in a church. And you know what? The man that married me is world famous evangelist." Or a very big name. So what? Does that make God to bless you? No. Checking to know and walk in the wisdom of God. 
Somebody say amen. amen. The same thing, you know, applies to your career. Check with God. If there is a call of God upon your life, I don't care what you do and how much money you make, you'll be the most frustrated person in life. And many are not coming into ministry because they think if you come into ministry, you're going you're to starve. And you know you, you will not be able to make it. And you will not be able to take care of your family. And your living standards will drop. What a lie from the devil. I said, that's a lie from the devil. Yes, you will be tested. Your faith is always tested. Say amen. amen. But when you stand firm in the Lord, and your eyes are fixed on his word. And God said, if you will hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and obey. Hallelujah. That puts you in the place where God will elevate you. Number two, he said, to observe, to do all his commandments which I command thee this day. Two things, hear and obey. Somebody say hear and obey. Yeah. Say it again, hear and obey. Yeah. One more time. I, I said this before, but I want to remind you again. Some, somebody once asked Dr. Cho, Sir, what is the secret of your success? How is it that you become so successful? He had only one word. He said, Sir, I hear and I obey. Praise God. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? And yet many of us are not able to do it. Because we have a stubborn will. Because we have a mind that says no to God. Because we feel that we know better than God knows. Because we want to make our own decisions and walk the way we want to walk. And we expect God to bless us because we think we can justify ourselves before in the presence of God. Because we're not doing anything wrong. Friend, it may not be wrong in the eyes of men and women. But it is wrong in the eyes of God because you are not complying with the purposes that God has for your life. Say amen. So I encourage you, even as you, we have stepped into the new year, check every area of your life in the presence of God. Especially if you're struggling. If you're not making it in life. Lord, is this? And then also remember, there are faces in life. There are seasons in God. So for some season, God may allow you to do something. And then you may think that I have to pursue that. No, there may be a season of change. And you have to be sensitive to pick up the signals of God. And according to the change in the season and phase, you have to move. Amen. Amen. Now if you get stuck in one place and stuck in one direction, when God wants you to move you in another direction, you will not prosper because you're stuck in only one direction. Because God... Has a, diff, has a plan for your life. And there are seasons he will use you in a certain way. And there are seasons he will move you into a certain direction. And there are seasons when he will take you somewhere else. And But if you will flow with him, you will always see the blessing of God manifest in your life. Say amen. Well, last week we also looked at hearing the voice of God or having a hearing ear, I said. As a child of God, you should develop an ear to hear the voice of God. It is the voice of God that leads you to your promised land, promotion, and elevation. I don't want to look into that more today. Let's go into the second part, which is the obedient heart part. 
you know, develop a heart that is instantly obedient. Say instantly obedient. Say it again. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is what? Delayed obedience is what? That's right. So when God says, do this, don't say, I'll do it later. Because remember, there is timing involved in God. If you miss that timing, you'll miss the timing of the harvest. How many know that there is a season to sow and a season to harvest? You will be a fool to be sowing in the harvest time. Amen. But there are many people that don't understand this truth. So they think they can conveniently obey God at their own convenience. It doesn't work like that. There are timings in God. You have to do it when God says so. There are many people I have met who said, I, have a, I had a call of God on my life. But, uh, you know, I was employed and uh, it was a permanent job with the government or the, the railways. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to make sure that my family was well settled and my children were settled and my brothers and sisters were married. And then, Pastor, I took a voluntary retirement after 20 years. And now I'm trying to serve and they're looking, trying to locate where the anointing is because it's already gone. You missed your opportunity. You missed your timing. Because when God called you, at that time, there was a need for him to do something through you. If he is the Lord of your life. See, to many people, Jesus is only their Savior, not the Lord. Because when he is the Lord, you cannot disobey him. Many people want to use Jesus for their benefit. Heal me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Provide me, Lord. Keep me, Lord. Keep me, protect me, Lord. That's all. But I will not submit, Lord. How many know what I'm talking about? What God requires is total submission. That's when you call him Lord. When he's the Lord of your life, he has control over you. He can dictate terms. He can tell you what he desires for your life. And remember, whatever he says is always for your best. Amen. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Sometimes you're sitting in church and, or in some place and God says, I want you to give a hundred thousand, a one lakh to so and so. And immediately you know where your mind goes? Where do I have that one lakh? Do I have it in my pocket? Do I have it in the bank? Which account do I have it? Now, and then you scan everything in your mind and say, I only have one lakh. If I give that, how am I going to survive? You think God didn't think about that? You think God didn't think about that? He said, because you only have one lakh, I'm trying to give you a way how you can make 10 lakhs. Do it now, not after you get the 5 lakhs. Because when you do it instantly, you open up the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing on you. The most convenient time to obey God is when you have heard him. Not when your mind says it's convenient. Alright. So delayed obedience is what? Everybody tell your neighbor. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Come on. 
All right. There's another scripture which we commonly use, and I want to read that to you, but I want to go further. It says, Isaiah 1.19 says, If you're willing and obedient, what will happen? You will eat the good of the land. But it doesn't stop there. If you go on into verse 20, I want you to read that. If you're, See, he's telling us, if you're willing and obedient. Everybody say willing and obedient. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But verse 20 says, if you refuse and rebel, what's going to happen? You shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, that means if you refuse and rebel, what's going to happen? Something evil is going to come. He says, there will be defeat, there will be destruction. Watch the story of King Saul. God called him. Samuel anointed him. He was a king over a nation. But through disobedience, he lost his kingdom and he lost his throne. What does God expect? Obedience. What does God expect? Obedience. Obey his voice. When the prophet showed up in Zarephath, the prophets, hear me, lady. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Go cook that meal. Bring that thing first to me. And what happened? When she obeyed the voice of the Lord through the prophet, she moved out of lack into abundance. One action of obedience. One action of obedience translated her from famine to abundance. In the midst of famine you shall flourish. When? When you obey the voice of God. Say amen. amen. What happened when, when Jesus said to Peter, cast your net in the deep? The impossible happened because he said, Lord, at thy word I will do it. I will obey you. Well, today I want you to leave this place making your mind up saying, Lord, from this day I will obey your voice. I will develop a heart and ear to hear you and a heart to obey you. Because remember, God has a spot for you at the top. The, the Lord thy God shall lift you above all the nations of the earth. Friend, if you have a heart for God and hearken to his voice you will, and walk in obedience, you will always end up on the top. If three things. If you have a heart for God, you will listen to his voice and you will obey. You will always end up on the top. Praise God. No man, no force, no devil, no system can stop you in your advancement to the top. Nobody can stand against you. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 please. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. If you're there say amen. Are you there? All right, Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. Now Joshua was the leader in the place of Moses. Moses had died and God began to speak to Joshua, gave him the commission. And he said, Joshua, this is what I want you to hear. There shall not any man be able to stand up before thee all the days of thy life. Glory to God. Glory to God. When you walk with God, there will be no force that will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. You know, if you read, listen, listen. Go, go to Joshua chapter 1, please. Let me show you a couple of things there. Joshua chapter 1. Now, after the, verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, 
It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. In other words, he was a servant of Moses. God is speaking to Moses' servant. And when he obeyed God and walked in obedience, God lifted a servant to the place of a prince. He was referred to in verse 1 as a servant of Moses. By the time you come to verse 5, God says, There shall not be any man in the world that will be able to stand up against you. Isn't that elevation? Nobody will be able to stand up against you if you're walking in obedience to God. If you're hearing Him and walking in obedience. Don't forget, elevation is a promise, but the promise will not manifest if we don't comply with the demands that God has upon us. And the demands are, you got to have an ear to hear and instantly obey the voice of God. Say amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel for past episodes. If you've been blessed by the message today, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. For more content from the King's Temple or to connect with us, visit kingstemple.in. Have a blessed day.